Welcome back, everybody. Chip, I have to ask you, and I know you're gonna, you know what I'm gonna ask you. It's so obvious. What? What is that little wheel that is following you around everywhere you go? It's like a wheel inside of a wheel. Why do you have that? Every time you move, it moves with you. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. What's up? What do, why it's, do you have that? Well, it's just a message from the Lord. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> hey, Eric. Yeah. Today is day two sixteen. Don't I know it? Yep. 216. And what are we going to read? We're going to read Ezekiel chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Wow. I like the rhythm, the cadence of that was good. Yeah, that's a lot of scripture. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Bring it in. It's going to be amazing. Okay. Okay. Better do it. Do it. Again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face the mountains of Israel and prophesy against them. Proclaim this message from the Sovereign Lord against the mountains of Israel. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and hills and to the ravines and the valleys. I am going to bring war upon you, and I will smash your pagan shrines. All your altars will be demolished, and your places of worship will be destroyed. I will kill your people in front of your idols. I will lay your corpses in front of your idols and scatter your bones around your altars. Wherever you live, there will be desolation, and I will destroy your pagan shrines. Your altars will be demolished. Your idols will be smashed. Your places of worship will be torn down, and all the religious objects you have made will be destroyed. The place will be littered with corpses, and you will know that I alone am the Lord. But I will let a few of my people escape destruction, and they will be scattered among the nations of the world. Then, when they are exiled among the nations, they will remember me. They will recognize how hurt I am by their unfaithful hearts and lustful eyes that long for their idols. Then at last they will hate themselves for all their detestable sins. They will know that I alone am am the Lord, and that I was serious when I said I would bring this calamity on them. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Clap your hands in horror and stamp your feet. Cry out because all of the detestable sins and people of the people of Israel have committed. Now they are going to die from war and famine and disease. Disease will strike down those who are far away in exile. War will destroy those who are nearby. And anyone who survives will be killed by famine. So at last I will spend, spend my fury on them. They will know that I am the Lord when their dead lie scattered among their idols and, and altars on every hill and, and mountain and under every green tree and every green shade tree. The places where they offered sacrifices to their idols, I will crush them and make their cities desolate from the wilderness in the south to Riblah in the north. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Hmm. Well, then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, this is what the sovereign Lord says to Israel. The end is here. Whenever, wherever you look, east, west, north, or south, your land is finished. No hope remains, for I will unleash my anger against you. I will call you to account for all your detestable sins. I will turn my eyes away and show no pity, and I will repay you for all your detestable sins. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Disaster after disaster is coming your way. The day has come. It has finally arrived. Your final doom is waiting. O people of Israel, the day of your destruction is dawning. The time has come. The day of trouble is near. Shouts of anguish will be heard on the mountains, not shouts of joy. Soon I will pour out my fury on you and unleash my anger against you. I will call you to account for all your detestable sins. I will turn my eyes away and show no pity. I will repay you for all your detestable sins. Then you will know that it is I, the Lord, who is striking the blow. The day of judgment is here. Your destruction awaits. The people's wickedness and pride have blossomed to full flower. Their violence has grown into a rod that will beat them for their wickedness. 
None of these proud and wicked people will survive. All their wealth and prestige will be swept away. Yes, the time has come. The day is here. Buyers should not rejoice over bargains, nor sellers grieve over losses. For all of them will fall under my terrible anger. Even if the merchants survive, they will never return to their business. For what God has said applies to everyone. It will not be changed. Not one person whose life is twisted by sin will ever recover. The trumpet calls Israel's army to mobilize, but no one listens, for my fury is against them all. There is war outside the city, and disease and famine within. Those outside the walls, the city walls, will be killed by enemy swords. Those inside of the city will die of famine and disease. The survivors who escape to the mountains will moan like doves, weeping for their sins. Their hands will hang limp, their knees will be weak as water. They will dress themselves in burlap, horror and shame will cover them. They will shave their heads in sorrow and remorse. But they will throw their money in the streets, tossing it out like worthless trash. Their silver and gold won't save them. On the day of the Lord's anger, it will neither satisfy nor feed them. For the greed, for their greed can only trip them up. They were proud of their beautiful jewelry and used it to make detestable idols and vile images. Therefore, I will make all their wealth disgusting to them. I will give it as plunder to foreigners, to the most wicked of nations, and they will defile it. I will turn my eyes from them as, the ro as these robbers invade and defile my treasured land. Prepare chains for my people, for the land is bloodied by terrible crimes. Jerusalem is filled with violence. I will bring the most ruthless of nations to occupy their homes. I will break down their proud fortresses and defile their sanctuaries. Terror and trembling will overcome my people. Mm. They will look for peace, but not find it. Calamity will follow calamity. Rumor will follow rumor. They will look in vain for a vision from the prophets. They will receive no teaching from the priests and no counsel from their leaders. The king and the prince will stand helpless, weeping in despair, and the people's hands will tremble with fear. I will bring on them the evil they have done to others, and they will receive the punishment they so richly deserve. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Okay, next section here. Then on September 17th, during the sixth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, while the leaders of Judah were in my home, the sovereign Lord took hold of me. I saw a figure that appeared to be a man. From what appeared to be his waist down, he looked like a burning flame. From the waist up, he looked like gleaming amber. He reached out what seemed to be a hand and took me by the hair. Then the Spirit lifted me into the sky and transported me to Jerusalem in a vision from God. I was taken to the north gate of the inner courtyard of the temple, where there is a large idol that has made the Lord very jealous. Suddenly the glory of the Lord Suddenly the glory of the God of Israel was there just I just as I had seen it before in the valley. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, look toward the north. So I looked, and there to the north, beside the entrance to the gate near the altar, stood the idol that, the, that had made the Lord so jealous. Son of man, he said, do you see what they are doing? Do you see the detestable sins of the people, detestable sins the people of Israel are committing to drive me from my temple? But come, and you will see even more detestable sins than these. Then he brought me to the door of the temple courtyard where I could see a hole in the wall. He said to me, Now, son of man, dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall and found a hidden doorway. Go in, he said, and see the wicked and detestable sins they are committing in there. So I went in and saw the walls covered with engravings of all kinds of crawling animals and detestable creatures. I also saw the various idols worshipped by the people of Israel. Seventy leaders of Israel were standing there with Jazaniah, son of Shaphan, in the center. Each of them held an incense burner, from which a cloud of incense rose above their heads. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the leaders of Israel are doing with their idols in dark rooms? 
They are saying, the Lord doesn't see us. He is. He has deserted our land. Then the Lord added, come, and I will show you even more detestable sins than these. Hmm. He brought me to the north gate of the Lord's temple, and some women were sitting there weeping for the god Tammuz. Have you seen this? He asked, but I will show you even more detestable sins than these. Then he brought me to the entrance of the inner courtyard of the Lord's temple. At the entrance of the sanctuary, between the entry room and the bronze altar, there were about 25 men with their backs to the sanctuary of the Lord. They were facing east, bowing low to the ground, worshiping the sun. Have you seen this, son of man? He asked. Is it nothing to the people of Judah that they commit these detestable sins, leading the whole nation into violence, thumbing their noses at me and provoking my anger? Therefore, I will respond in fury. I will neither pity nor spare them. And though they cry for mercy, I will not listen. Then the Lord thundered. Bring on the men appointed to punish the city. Tell them to bring their weapons with them. Six men soon appeared from the upper gate that faces north, each carrying a deadly weapon in his hand. With them was a man dressed in linen, who carried a writer's case at his side. They all went into the temple courtyard and stood beside the bronze altar. Then the glory of the Lord of Israel rose up from between the cherubim, where it had rested, and moved to the entrance of the temple. And the Lord called to the man dressed in linen, who was carrying the writer's case. He said to him, Walk through the streets of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of all who weep and sigh because of the detestable sins being committed in their city. Then I heard the Lord say to the other men, Follow him throughout the city and kill everyone whose forehead is not marked. Show no mercy, have no pity, kill them all, old and young, girls and women and little children. But do not touch anyone with the mark. Begin right here at the temple. So they began by killing the 70 leaders. Defile the temple, the Lord commanded. Fill its courtyards with corpses. Go! So they went and began killing throughout the city. And when they were killing, and while they were out killing, I was all alone. I fell face down on the ground and I cried out, O sovereign Lord, will your fury against Jerusalem wipe out everyone left in Israel? Then he said to me, The sins of the people of Israel and Judah are very great. The entire land is full of murder. The city is filled with injustice. And they are saying, The Lord doesn't see it. The Lord has abandoned the land. So, I will not spare them or have any pity on them. I will fully repay them for all they have done. Then the man in linen clothing who carried the writer's case reported back and he said, I have done as you commanded. In my vision, I saw what appeared to be a throne of blue lapis lazuli above the crystal surface over the heads of the cherubim. Then the Lord spoke to the man in linen clothing and said, Go between the whirling wheels beneath the cherubim and take a handful of burning coals and scatter them over the city. He did this as I watched. The cherubim were standing at the south end of the temple when the man went in, and the cloud of glory filled the inner courtyard. Then the glory of the Lord rose up from above the cherubim and went over to the entrance of the temple. The temple was filled with this cloud of glory, and the courtyard glowed brightly with the glory of the Lord. The moving wings of the cherubim sounded like the voice of God Almighty, and it could be heard even in the outer courtyard. The Lord said to the man in linen clothing, Go between the cherubim and take some burning coals from between the wheels. So the man went in and stood beside each of the wheels. One of the cherubim reached out his hand and took some live coals from the fire burning among them. He put the coals into the hands of the man in linen clothing, and the man took them and went out. All the cherubim had what looked like human hands under their wings. I looked, and each of the four cherubim had a wheel beside him, and the wheels sparkled like barrel. All four wheels looked alike and were made the same. Each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it. The cherubim could move in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved. Then 
turning as they moved. They went straight in the direction they faced, never turning aside. Both the cherubim and the wheels were covered with eyes. The cherubim had eyes all over their bodies, including their hands, their backs, and their, and their wings. I heard someone refer to the wheels as the whirling wheels. Each of the four cherubim had four faces. The first was the face of an ox. The second was a human face. The third was the face of a lion. And the fourth was the face of an eagle. Then the cherubim rose upward. These were the same living beings I had seen beside the Kibar River. When the cherubim moved, the wheels moved with them. When they lifted their wings to fly, the wheels stayed beside them. When the cherubim stopped, the wheels stopped. The wheels stopped. When they flew upward, the wheels rose upward, for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Then the glory of the Lord moved out from the entrance of the temple and hovered above the cherubim. As I watched, the cherubim flew with their wheels to the east gate of the Lord's temple, and the glory of God, the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. These were the same living beings I had seen beneath the God of Israel when I was by the Kibar River. I knew that they were cherubim, for each had four faces and four wings, and what looked like human hands under their wings, and their faces were just like the faces of the beings I had seen at Kibar, and they traveled in straight ahead just as the others had. Then the Spirit lifted me and brought me to the east gate, <coughs> gateway of the Lord's temple, where I saw twenty-five prominent men of the city. Among them was Jezaniah, son of Azur, and Pelatiah, son of Benaniah, who were leaders among the people. The Spirit said to me, Son of man, these are the men who are planning evil and giving wicked counsel to the city. They say to the people, Is it not good time to build houses? This city is like an iron pot. We are safe inside like meat in a pot. Therefore, son of man, prophesy against them loudly and clearly. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and he told me to say, This is what the Lord says to the people of Israel. I know what you are saying, for I know every thought that comes into your mind. You have murdered many in this city and filled its streets with the dead. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. This city is an iron pot, all right, but the pieces of meat are the victims of your injustice. As for you, I will soon drag you from this pot. I will bring on you the sword of war you so greatly fear, says the Sovereign Lord. I will drive you out of Jerusalem and hand you over to foreigners who will carry out my judgments against you. You will be slaughtered all the way to the borders of Israel. I will execute judgment on you, and you will know that I am the Lord. No, this city will not be an iron pot for you and you will not be like meat safe inside it. I will judge you even to the borders of Israel, and you will know that I am the Lord. For you have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. Instead, you have copied the standards of the nations around you. While I was still prophesying, Pelatiah, son of Benaiah, suddenly died. No. Then I fell face down on the ground and cried out, O sovereign Lord, are you going to kill everyone in Israel? Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the people still left in Jerusalem are talking about you and your relatives and all the people of Israel who are in exile. They are saying those people are far away from the Lord, so now he has given us given their land to us. Therefore, tell the exiles, this is what the Lord says. Although I have scattered you in the countries of the world, I will be a sanctuary to you during your time in exile. I, the Lord, will gather you back. I, the sovereign Lord, will gather you back from the nations where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel once again. When the people return to their homeland, they will remove every trace of their vile images and detestable idols. I will give them the singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. So they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those who long for vile images and detestable idols, I will repay them fully for their sins. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. 
Then the cherubim lifted their wings and rose into the air with their wheels beside them, and the glory of the God of Israel hovered above them. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the city and stopped above the mountain to, to the east. Afterward, the Spirit of God carried me back again to Babylonia, to the people in exile there, and so into the vision of my visit to Jerusalem. And I told the exiles everything the Lord had shown me. And that, that is, is our, our reading, reading today. today. And we did that reading with two questions in mind, Chip. We, we what did. does this tell us about God? Mm-hmm. And what does this tell us about ourselves? So, Chip, mm-hmm. just tell us about God. Yeah. Man. A couple of big things stood out. Number one, God super duper hates idols and altars to false gods. I caught that. Yeah, I mean, he just not going to put up with that. The thing I do want to kind of uh, also say is that God reveals himself to us. And that's really cool. That's cool. You know, he wants to be our God. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wants us to be his people. He wanted his people to be his people and to follow him. He had good plans for them. Uh, and he always reveals himself to us. It's not like, you know, guess what I want, figure it out, come find me. Like, here I am. Here's what I want you to do. Here's yeah. what I don't want you to do. Yeah. You know, and, and, he, and he reveals himself to us, you know, that can lead to blessing and we see here also he can reveal himself to us that brings cursing yeah uh, either way that's who god is he is a god who reveals himself to us idols they can't do that they don't do that we make them and reveal them to other people yeah, right right you know, god made us and reveals himself the maker creator to us yeah his people and it's beautiful it's great but it could it, you know there's blessing that can come with that but also if we, if we um, uh, just ignore him, um, if we disobey him, uh, turn our backs on him, uh, the God who has revealed himself to us, mm-hmm. then it could lead to cursing. And yeah, we, absolutely. We see that. Through yeah, so, yeah. Uh, especially in Israel, right? Because they especially. were a covenant. They were a covenant people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, kind of close to what you said at the end there, like God reveals himself to us, which means we really ought to do what he says, how he says, when he says, you know, if God reveals himself to us, the best thing that we can do is is everything we can to emulate his character. That's the best thing we can do for ourselves, you know? And God is saying that about Judah, you know, about, about these people. And he's saying, you know, if you would have just been more like me, if you would have been, you know, more obedient and, and copied my character instead of the murder, instead of the injustice and all these other things, and you'd be much better off. And I think that that message echoes out today. God revealed himself for a reason. He revealed himself for a reason. He said, you know, like, here I am. I want you to know me. And for the purpose of us also living like him. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah, that's so good. I, I, it reminds me when I was a young college student having some difficult times, I would just cry out to God and, uh, you know, show me your real. Show me who you are. I remember just yelling out the field hockey field one night specifically. And, and I just remember learning shortly after that, you know, that God, you know, he's told us, told me that yeah, I have. I, I am real. And, and I have revealed myself, you know, to you. So yeah, I was kind of looking for more like signs, you know, and he has given signs. Like I've given you myself. I've given you my son. I've given you my spirit. I've given you my word. And so sometimes, you know, we get so, and I was consumed with my own personal stuff that we miss 
God and he's all around us. Yeah, that's really true. I've given you my people. I've given you my church. I've given you, like, it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's revealed himself to us and we just cling on to that and look for him, find him. And because he's, that's who he is. That's what he does. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. It can be I rough. I love the first several verses of Hebrews that say, you know, throughout many generations and in many ways God revealed himself to his people but once and for all God revealed himself through his son Jesus Christ you know and you think of that it was once and for all it wasn't it wasn't once and for whoever happened to be alive at that time it was once and for all like Jesus is still a revelation of God to us today and with that revelation of God comes a lot of responsibility Jesus parting words his desire for his disciples was to teach people to obey everything Jesus commanded. So, yeah. you know, if we're going to do that, we're going to need to know those things. We're going to need to connect with those things. We're going to need to apply those things. And um, if we ignore those things, then you can expect not cursing in the way Israel experienced, but certainly consequences, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. Yeah. It's good. All right, guys. Good well, stuff. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Anything else? Any shout outs? Any, any shout outs? Anything exciting? Oh. I know it? she's won things before. She's won but, things before? But I don't know. Well, maybe not won things, but I know she got one of the trivia things for sure. Oh. Janet got. Oh. Janet got. I believe, man. Oh, man. I really put myself on the spot here. I believe that she is in Indiana. Okay. And she is awesome. She is. And she posts on Facebook all the time, oh, checks in. Okay. And yeah. Wow. So that's awesome. Yeah, Thank cool. you, James. And Janet, if you're Janet, not in yeah. Indiana, yeah. Uh, Allison actually just purchased a, a lot of land there for you so that you can be in Indiana, yeah. so that when I say that you're in Indiana, it would be you accurate. Just, yeah, go there. She won't build any hard structures, but we have Chip and Eric have sprung for a uh, Paw Patrol play tent that you can put up and you can live there. You can live right in Indiana, right there. Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless you already live in Indiana, then you can't do you can't have any of that. And you might also have a Paw Patrol play tent. Yeah, and if that's the case, we'll take it. Yes, we need it. Yes, and you have to give it to us. Thank you, Janet. Okay, goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>